Welcome to Developers Hangouts Podcast, where today I have Colin. Colin, why don't you introduce yourself, tell people who you are, and we'll start hanging out. Sure. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, my name's Colin. I'm the co-founder of Clerk. Um, and Clerk is basically a really easy way to add sign-up, sign-in, and user profile uh, pages to your new application. So let's start with, I'm quite familiar with Clerk. I've been using Clerk on and off for, for quite a while, um, as you know, and, and we've collaborated on a few things. And when it, how, did you get, how did you guys decide to do Clerk? Because Clerk is very different than any other authentication or authorization system out there. It's, it's very simple. It executes well, and it's easy, easy, easy to use, essentially, which is pretty much the opposite of any auth product out there. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the uh, the kind words. I think um, you know that was that was on purpose. But um, to to give you the high level, so Clerk was started by my brother and I, Braden, and um, you know we're both the kinds of people that kind of always had a side project we were working on. Um, and I think we just always hated the step of like, oh, now I need to add sign up and sign into this. And like the user profile screen, normally you wouldn't even do, right? Change password you wouldn't do. Um, you kind of just cut corners and be like, I, I just need people to be able to get into my app somehow. My app is really the exciting thing. Um, and you're, you know, you're always kind of embarrassed about it. And I think, you know, just looking at tools like, you know, Stripe checkout. I was like, why, why isn't there something like that for sign up, sign in and manage my profile? Um, and so we really started with that premise, um, had no idea how we were going to do it. I learned a ton of things along the way about like what's actually easy for developers and, um, you know, what feels like it's too invasive for developers. And I think that was really the line we struggled with the most early on. Um, but, you know, we had used all of like Auth0 ourselves, we'd used Devise ourselves, all the open source libraries. And um, I think the biggest thing that we really decided to take on ourselves that no one else has is session management. So in a lot of cases, um, you know, after someone signs in, you get this token back from the authentication tool and they're just like, okay, yeah, like persist this token somehow. And then you'll be able to authenticate future requests. And, you know, it's kind of on you to know like, oh, I should set that in a cookie or should I set it in local storage? And what kind of cookie should it be? Am I introducing any cross-site scripting vulnerabilities and so on? Um, and we decided, you know what, like, let's just set the cookie for them. Um, it, we know it should be a secure HTTP only cookie. Uh, we know the gold standard here. Let's just build the gold standard. And I think what was really surprising was we did that for sign up and sign in. And then we did the user profile page. I think most people don't realize that, like, we're the only ones that really come with a user profile screen out of the box. And a lot of that is actually powered by session management. Like it would be much harder to do that if we didn't know who the signed in user was. 
Um, and so it was really cool to see, you know, just that simple decision of like, I want to take three more steps away from the developer. They shouldn't need to decide how to persist this. Uh, ended up like unlocking whole product areas for us. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's that's kind of the the big highlights. Um, I mean, we're also very front end focused. Uh, we we very much believe that front end developers should be able to work uninhibited, uh, and they shouldn't need back end developers to integrate a developer tool. And so for us, it's like you put a sign in component on the page, and you get a sign in flow. Put a user profile component on the page, you get a user profile page. Um, and yeah, driving that developer experience was, I think, one of the great challenges and, and also kind of the most fun challenges we've had. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember when you were like clerk zero dot whatever before before where we are today with like the V2 <laughs> stuff coming along and all the other stuff. Like I remember, I can't even remember how I ended up even finding clerk just i think it was randomly you know i spend so much time making videos that i'm just like i'll check i'll check these guys out i'll see how good their product is if it's good i'll make a video which is usually how i do pretty much anything and i remember using it and being like yeah this developer experience is what i've been looking for for the last decade like yeah. finally somebody's figured out that nobody wants to do this and nobody wants to do session management and nobody wants to make a user profile and nobody wants to do this. And like, yeah, it's very much just like, here's a signing component. Here's a sign up component. User profile. Boom, done. Okay, cool. I've done authentication. Now I can go back to actually doing the things I care about and producing a good product. And like, I just went through that when I built Roll Your Tweet. I didn't use Clerk for it because you guys didn't have Twitter sign up flow yet. Yeah. You still don't. But when you do, I'll just move over. It won't won't be a big deal. Um, and I had to end up. I ended up having to build the sign in flow, the sign out flow, and the user profile flow. And I was like, this is such a pain. Yeah. Like I'd been so spoiled using Clerk on like every side project and all project that when it came to not using it, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this now. Yeah. I I, I remember the pain and suffering that I had dealt with for the last 10 years. Yep. I, I first of all, really sorry that Twitter's not done yet. Uh, we will get to it <laughs> soon. Um, but yeah, I think just delivering that moment of like, oh, wow, it, like it's it's done. Like, this, is, this, this is how I always hoped everything else would work. And like for some reason, it never, like, yeah, that's exactly, um, you know, we shared <laughs> the same frustrations trying to use other tools in the past. And um, I will say we did not think it would be as hard as it proved to be. Uh, like we understand how the other tools ended up making the decisions they made. Um, and like really a huge thanks goes out to our investors in just like letting us patiently find the answer. Um, Cause I, could not have imagined. I know they could not have imagined that it would take quite so long to land on that on that DX. Um, but yeah, it was it was many many months of pushing out a new version, testing with developers, and them hating it <laughs> um, until we we ultimately found something that that resonated. Yeah, 
And so talking about Clerk before we move on to more yeah. less work things, what what's coming up the pipe what's next in the pipeline? You guys just I know you're on V2, V2 stuff is coming or yeah. is is in beta right now, but like what what's the future? What's what's coming out that people should be looking out for? Yeah, I mean so a lot of the rest of this year is really focused on um improving the developer experience for user management even more. And so we're missing some key features. Um, SSR is one. So SSR with React, mm -hmm. we don't have solved very well yet. Um, and then we also want to work with the new uh, server components. Um, mm -hmm. And the, the tech there is, is tied hand in hand pretty closely. Um, and kind of just like additional work on our, our documentation. I think there are still places where we see people coming through the onboarding funnel and, and getting snagged that we want to fix. Um, customization is, I'd say, the last big thing this year that we want to improve. A lot of people do drop the, the component on their page and they want to do more design stuff to it than we currently make easy. Um, that's this year, and there's not really much left, right? Just two months. So, <laughs> yeah, just two months, no pressure. Um, 2022 is all about this shift into, I call it customer management. And so right now we do user management, um, but some applications have organizations as their customers. And it's that feature set kind of shares a lot of the same qualities as user management, where I think developers get to the problem and they're just like, why, why isn't this a tool yet? Um, and so all of like, create an organization, invite people to my organization and set different roles and permissions for people. Um, and then ultimately, like uh, getting into the authorization side of things even more with letting the organization or the user um, purchase like subscription plans and exposing to the developer really easily, which subscription plan is this user on? So you can more easily gate, um, you know, which features someone yeah, has I'm, access to. I'm excited for that feature. Bring me that we're, feature. Yeah, <laughs> we're equally excited for the the DX of our of our gate component. I think that's what it's going to be. It's just going to be gate. Awesome. And then there's a permission prop, and if the user has that permission, it renders. If not, it doesn't. Awesome. Um, yeah, I, I look forward to that feature because the amount of permissioning i wrote for the like i have subscription on royal tweet that allows you to do certain things if you pay and there's a free tier and the amount of permissioning i wrote that has like dependent components depends on what you can see was an absolute pain it was like the worst part of the whole experience i think yeah and i i think authorization is such a hot space right now in venture mm -hmm. too and it surprises me how few are really tackling it from like the front end developer yeah. perspective. Um, we do everything in reverse, right? Like we, we start with, well, what should the React component be named? Right. And, and build up from there. Um, and yeah, I think like if, if you've been tracking it all, like the Zanzibar paper out of Google, it's just like so divorced, I feel like, from the things that most developers are are really focused on. And so trying to bring some sanity to to that side of the problem as well. Awesome. 
yeah, I look forward to I, I look forward to 2022. 2021 was a good year for you guys. I know. Yeah, you guys had a good good year, and uh, I I've always been really impressed with with you and Brandon. Like you've always been super friendly to me, and vice versa. Like we've always chatted and 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 you know bounced ideas off each other, etc. Um, so talking outside of Clerk, when you have you know the spare few hours that you do, I'm sure at this point. Um, but what kind of things do you, do you uh, like to do in your in your spare time? Uh, do you have any hobbies? Yeah, so I'm actually a rowing coach um, for MIT, which is wow. uh, maybe surprising. I coach the novices. Um, that's kind of my my break from work in the middle of the day. It, it adds some structure to my day. From five to seven, I'm I'm out on the river uh, teaching. A few kids how to row boats and um you know that's that's i think very rewarding great for like mental health <laughs> um but then on on my own i i like running as well <laughs> so uh, how, how, how do you get so before we move on to running because i'm also quite a fan of the run um yeah. how do you become a rowing coach not just specifically a rowing coach but a rowing coach for the novices at mit <laughs> like how did that happen? That's kind of interesting. Yeah, no, it's very silly. Um, I, as a, so I went to MIT, so that mm -hmm. probably helps a little bit. Um, and as a senior, I had finished up most of my coursework and I was like, I want to try something new. Um, and the rowing team accepted walk-ons. And so I walked on senior year. Um, and I just loved it. Like I had a ton of fun. Um, it's, it's, I think it's surprising how approachable the sport is. Like once you can find your way into a boat, um, like you really can learn it and, and pick it up pretty easily. Um, uh, but anyway, I liked it so much that, um, the year after I was still in Boston and, um, they let me come on as a novice coach. And it's funny, like I still can't really teach or like coach the top boats. Cause I was, mm. I was, I only ever rode for one year. Like there's a lot that I still don't know about the sport. Um, but I really like the, um, you know, every year a new set of um, students come in and every year I get a little bit better at, at coaching them into getting the boat moving. Um, and I like that cyclic pattern. I think you don't have that in startups at all, right? It's very much right. like, you know, up and to the right, every year is a different year. Yep. Um, and it's nice to have that other side of things. It's just like, oh, I can get better at this same task one by one. Um, but yeah, that's the short story, I guess. Awesome. Yeah, you're very, that, that comment's very true that, when when you work in startups, and I've worked in a few, is that yeah, it's always up and to the right, right? That that's it. There's no like going back to the beginning. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, I imagine that's quite nice to just have that consistent every year on year. I get to do the same thing that I did last year, but we're just new people, and yep. those people want to learn how to move a boat down a river. Yeah, I assume. Um. So yeah. So cool. So running, is that something you do just 
like randomly throughout the week? Do you train in particular plans? Like what how do you how do you decide what what your runs are going to look like? Um yeah, I'm pretty random. Um everything is more cardio based. I think mm-hmm. that's also kind of stemming out of my rowing experience. Um I like you know, a normal run for me is like a 3-mile run around the river in Boston. So mm-hmm. if you're at all familiar, I guess three miles is like the short one. The normal one might be the, the five mile run. So it's the BU bridge, the Longfellow bridge. Uh, and it's great. We have lots of bridges. And so I can kind of just add a bridge. Right. And I get a little more distance. Um, uh, yeah, that's what I do normally. Um, I've dabbled a little, like I've done a try before. Um, I'm really bad at biking. <laughs> Uh, turns out I'm better at swimming than biking, which like the only thing I did going into that try was running, um, way better at swimming than biking. I'm afraid of going fast, apparently on a bike. Mm, Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. Like once you get to a certain speed on a bike, it's scary. You've got no, no protection. No, you just got a helmet on and that's it really. And if you come off that bike, it's going to hurt a lot. Yeah, I think everyone else is like they get to the apex of the hill and they're just like, oh, let's open it up and sprint down. And I just want to like sit up and like take it in a little bit. Yep. Nope. Uh, you know, ride the brakes a little bit on the way down. That's that's not the mentality of the of the race bike. <laughs> Apparently not. So it sounds like I wouldn't be good at race bike the race biking either. Um, yeah. I have one of those like uh, sort of like a peloton. Uh, but just a different brand. It's cheaper, does mm-hmm. the same job. And yeah, yeah, even on those things, like I, I see people doing like, you know, five mile an hour faster than I am. And I'm like, I would be scared to tip the bike over yeah. because it's stationary and there's no there's no real like, so if I'm going hard, I'm going to tip this thing over. So yeah, I don't go much more than like 18 mile an hour and that's too fast for me. What's your running regimen? Um, It's very sporadic. Um, I use it as like a mental clarity thing. So I, I power lift, which is my real passion. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I do cardio three times a week and it'll either be bike or running. Um, so where I live is exactly if I run the exact loop, it's one, one mile. So Mm -hmm. I'll do anywhere between two and five loops and it's like hilly and it's kind of different terrain. So it's like a nice workout, and I use that for mental clarity more than anything. Yeah. So apart from that, I don't do any racing or anything like that. I just use it to to clear my head and think about what I want to do next. Yeah, I definitely same mindset. It's not so much about the pace; it's just about getting outside and doing it and clearing my head a bit. Yeah, because uh, you you know, as you know, I answer DMs at random times of the day and yes. and messages. So it, it sometimes it's very hard to to have mental clarity when when you basically wake up on and go to bed on. Um, so I try and use that time. I'll switch my phone to, you know, do not disturb. I put my headphones on and I just let it go, um, which has worked really well for me. And I've done it done it for numerous years and still going. So guess it still works yeah so outside of exercising which Mm -hmm. is a common common theme um is there anything that you do to to sort of 
unwind because being in a startup is it, it's basically go from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed for the most people and especially being a founder and and, and in that space um yeah. how, how do you switch off like at nighttime like how do you turn away from from stuff yeah i i mean so this is going to be a bad answer because of course <laughs> I turned it into work a little bit. Uh, but so we just started this like dinners with builders thing at clerk. Hmm. And I think I saw the, uh, I saw the Twitter picture. Yeah. And that's really, um, I think me taking what I do and, and, uh, you know, just inviting more people to it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I have like this network of like founder friends that, you just go out and grab a drink with and chat, whatever. Um, I think that helps a lot. Just just talking with other people and shared experiences, and um, yeah, you know, it's it's so funny with startups because as much as it is up and to the right, it's also like a very day by day or at least week mm-hmm. by week thing. Where some weeks they're just like, "What? How did everything go wrong this week?" And other weeks are like, wow, that went way better than I could have imagined. Um, and kind of experiencing that roller coaster with some other people is really nice. Um, besides that, I'd say uh, Netflix. And I would say I'm a proud subscriber to like Netflix and HBO and, and all of them. Um, but really, I have other people's logins, so I can't take credit for that. <laughs> Netflix, uh, if you're listening, you didn't hear any of that because we all know you get upset when you don't get another fifteen dollars out of people. But yes, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good, a lot of good media out there. I really enjoy watching, um, like comedians in cars getting coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the all right. So to me, there's this trend between comedians and cars getting coffee, like Free Solo, the Alex Honnold climbing Yosemite movie, um, a show like Top Chef. Um, there's a bunch of shows out there that's really just about like people at the top of their craft, like thinking about their craft rather yep. than just like the craft itself. Um, and I really enjoy like the insight into, you know, what they're doing in their day to day rather than just like, you know, Jerry Seinfeld doing stand up, we've all seen, but like him talking to other comedians and just seeing how, you know, he can't help it. He's just always on, right. Yep. He's always in his conversations in that show. He's always trying to think of the joke um to make and it's just so fun to watch um and i think of yeah i think of alex honnold like <laughs> the same way in that movie um where like he, it really doesn't feel dissimilar to founders to me watching alex honnold doing pre-soul it's just like this irrational pursuit <laughs> of something um that brings you joy for whatever reason and um yeah i i I love that kind of media yeah we're we're in the same boat that's almost all of my favorite style of media is that media that looks at 
people in craft but from a different angle. So yeah, yeah like Top Chef or um, there's this uh, Ugly Delicious. Have you seen that show? Yes, David yes. Chang. Yes. yes, it's fantastic. Or Chef, where John Favreau comes in and talks about the show while also yeah. doing things like talking to other chefs, like that kind of stuff to me is is so interesting. I could just watch it all day in some nature. Even like old Anthony Bourdain, like his travel yeah. show, where he just goes to random countries and talks to, you know, random street food vendors or chefs or whoever, and it's just like this in. In, and you're very right. It's very similar to founders, builders, SaaS, like providers or startups. It's very similar in that nature where it's people at the top of their game talking about similar things, but from a different angle. Yeah. And yeah, I, I consume that media quite, quite frequently. Um, very excited my, for the, uh, there's a Beatles documentary coming out. Yes. Which seems like it's going to be surreal because it's just it's just like they have this footage from 70 or 50 years ago, whatever it is. And yeah, I, th I feel like it's going to bring, it's going to like turn the seventies into the Instagram era a little bit. Yep. We, yep. We get to see like, first of all, was it any different? I kind of suspect it like, wasn't actually all that different. We just didn't have cameras back then, but I don't know. I'm really excited to see what it's like. Yeah. I, as a kid that grew up on uh Beatles TV, like on their movies, because they did all those movies and I had a really good friend who was obsessed with like, I grew up, I was born in the eighties, like late eighties, grew up mm -hmm. in the nineties. And my friend was obsessed with the like old rock at the time. So like the stones, Beatles, all those kinds of things. So I've seen almost every Beatles movie mm -hmm. that they ever did because he was obsessed and I'd go to his house and he'd be like, Oh, you haven't seen this one yet. And he put the VHS in. And I'd sit there and watch it, and it was just, you know, they are talent. That's just an yeah. easy way to describe them. <laughs> Is it doesn't matter what era it will be; it could be a hundred years from today, and they'd still be talent. Yeah, um, I I really love that. That so talking about music, yeah. What what, what is your take on music? What what's your do you have particular genres, or are you a free flowing kind of guy like? What, what is your music take? Yeah, I have maybe a less exciting take than most. Um, I went to a high school where there was a very big like band. Um, uh, not like band, like high school band, but like mm -hmm. a lot of my friends were in like four part bands yep. and we had a band night or like band competitions and um so i grew up with just a lot of my friends being involved in it i actually wasn't involved in it but what's odd is that a lot of my music consumption in adulthood is like going to smaller shows like not really big artists as much um just because like I, I think i just enjoy that setting a little more um on the bigger side I, so i do like the beatles i also like i love blink 182 like if if that's my two uh spotify starting points it's like beatles and blink 182 which is very uh 90s kid of me i guess yeah yeah right i guess yeah pretty much because that's very <laughs> fairly similar to both mine and my wife's like listening like i'll listen to anything 
but I have very specific like my my dad was into heavy metal because he grew up in like the 70s and the 80s so like I grew up with Iron Maiden and and Black mm-hmm. Sabbath being played at full volume in my house on big speakers that's what I remember as a kid that's um, awesome. and then like that that sort of grew into me liking um you know eric clapton and 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 cream and then moving on to blink 182 and and papa roach and you know all those all those kind of 90s bands and then you know nirvana being being still up there and all that kind of stuff and now like yeah that's basically my my playlists are some sort of rock music or indie music played um when i listen to them because I spend most of my time consuming podcasts, so I don't yeah. listen to that much music anymore. So I consume more podcasts than music these days. Uh, Fair enough. I, I think I'm that weird person. I because I listen to podcasts literally from the minute I start work till I stop, unless I'm doing this or, or streaming or or you know yeah. making videos. I don't think that's that weird. I feel more like the weird one in that I. Uh, first of all, I have just a ton of friends that are constantly listening to podcasts, so mm. I, don't, I don't think that's um, super odd anymore. I think it's, yeah, it's just more enriching content. So right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it, I find it's like listening to short audiobooks about very specific to- topics each week. Yeah. So I, I like to listen to like your stuff that's not tech. Um, so that I can enrich the other side of my life, yeah. Uh, versus, versus, like you know, listening to more tech and consuming more tech. I I do that enough. I think we all do that enough. Um, yeah. I don't think I need any more in my life. That's for sure. Um. So, this is kind of the end of the show stuff. So, tell me about something that you've done recently. Maybe you've gone to a restaurant that you really like in Boston, or maybe you've cooked something at home. Um. Yeah. Anything that you've done recently slash eaten that that's worthy? Anything I've done or eaten recently? Um, oh man, <laughs> I I'm gonna be so sad because I'm not gonna be able to come up with anything good, and then after this, I'm gonna come up with something great. <laughs> uh, let's see, done recently. You know, I during the pandemic, yep. Um, my friends in Boston and I have been playing volleyball pretty okay. regularly. Um, I think there was like one person with experience, and she brought a volleyball net, and we just go to the park. Uh, there was a while like probably a three, four month stretch where it was like every weekend. Mm. Um, it's getting cold now, so it's, it's yep. slowing down, but it was so like, I don't know, rewarding, fun. Like it was just like, we're trying something new. Um, you know, there was like a day drinking component to it, which was fun. Um, just like every Saturday, one o'clock show up to the field and just like, play some volleyball um and you get better we we don't play with like the net rule you can ask the net 
Um, I think a lot of sports have like rules that are like more fun to play without <laughs> to some extent. Yeah, uh, I'd agree with that. I'd agree except with that. offsides in soccer, like I hate people that play without the offsides rule. Like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, that defeats the whole purpose of, of yeah. that. Um, um, but the net rule in volleyball is it's quite fun to play without. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's something I'd done that was unexpected um and just it's just been a lot of fun uh really just added some joy to the pandemic i i honestly still haven't like gotten back into eating indoors me Um, either i actually love that more places have takeout now (laughs) me too (laughs) we've really normalized takeout more which is just fantastic um because i i i don't want to wait in line ever uh, and I yeah, also I mean, know, like, yeah, you go to a restaurant, like, oh, it's an hour and a half wait for brunch. It's like, I'll just, I'll just do takeout. That just right. seems like the clear winning option here. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's what I came up with. Hopefully that's interesting. Oh, it's, I mean, it's definitely interesting. I, I think you're, you're probably the second or third person I've had on that said that like during the pandemic, friends and i have done x to every week since then you know and i know that boston gets really cold because obviously i lived in connecticut for a while so i know mm-hmm. I, I understand the now it's like november it starts to cool down but that's super cool that like you could find something to do yeah during the pandemic which you could still do you know yeah. like you could still do safely outside you could yeah. still see your friends you could still disconnect from you know being on because once the pandemic hit everybody was working all the time because they had nothing better to do and yeah it's just good to find something that you can tear away from just for a few hours was the biggest thing too because yeah right when it hit i was just yeah it was just work every day it was like Mm -hmm. well what else can i do and the first time i went out for volleyball i was like well this just this is this just changed my life. Like, this is so much better. (laughs) Like I needed this a lot. What I was doing was not sustainable. Um, so. Awesome. So we've, so we're basically at the end of the show now. Um, I, first of all, I appreciate you coming on last minute. It was very last minute. You just showed up and here we are. Um, this is your time. Uh, feel free to plug whatever you want. Uh, tell people what they should be doing, checking out, uh, is there Twitter accounts they should be following, YouTube channels, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, so I guess on the clerk side, so we're clerk dev on Twitter and I'm tweets by Colin. I think if you want like, uh, you know, company updates, the the clerk dev mm-hmm. Twitter is where to go. You should also just try clerk. Um we're updating it all the time to make it even better. And um, we have a Discord. I uh, would love to have you there and, and help get you going. Um, on the Tweets by Colin side, I think that's where, like, that's where I post things that I, I am, like, not ready to make the company uh, the, the, the primary speaker of yet. Um, yep. Yeah, I think there's maybe more, like more thoughts about like where I think tech is is going, and so there's a lot of like musings about 
you know, like I believe the front end developer is, uh, well, basically the back end developer is like slowly disappearing and that, yep. and that tools should start targeting the front end developer. Um, because yeah, like making that role more, uh, more productive, um, is just going to make it easier and easier to build applications. Um, yeah, so like things like that, and kind of why I believe that come out a lot on on my personal Twitter. Um, and yeah, in terms of other things to plug, start a company um, or come work for Clerk. Uh, I think yeah. working at startups is is just incredibly rewarding. My advice i think there's a lot of advice out there on like which one to join and there's certainly things you can do to like optimize financial output uh, or financial gain um but i think the easiest thing to do is just pick one that that you believe in and uh yep. and join that um that's going to be for me it's always been the most rewarding um and yeah, I very much, very much want more builders out there. Uh, so, strong advocate, do it. Use yeah, Clark I, to do it, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, just get out there. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, uh, you guys are hiring a DevRel, right? Is that the only yes. role? That's the only role you have now, currently, or do you have anything else? Uh, I'd say DevRel front-end engineers are constantly uh in demand um mm -hmm. and then realistically when 2022 hits you're going to see a bigger hiring push as we expand into the organization side of things cool um but yeah front end and devrel are very hard to hire <laughs> and if if you're in that role um or think you can do it even um we're happy to Happy to work with you and uh, try to make something work. Um, cool. Awesome. Oh, well, I appreciate you coming on and hanging out with me. Um, I will make sure to drop some show notes with Clerk's main page, their Twitter account, Colin's Twitter account, um, and some other stuff that I think are as important, such as videos that will show off what Clerk can do. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, we'll see you guys next week for another episode. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. No problem.